Hello, ladies and gents. Welcome back to the RLS podcast. Um, we're on episode 53, and today we're going to be talking about 10 things I would do if I was starting my fitness journey tomorrow. What are the 10 basic things I would do if I was starting from scratch? I wanted to lose again, the goal doesn't need to be fat loss, but if I was wanting to lose 10 kilograms, I wanted to get myself fit. I wanted to get in shape and I wanted to essentially get results fast, fast, but efficient and sustainable, not fast as in six weeks tread, um, starve yourself to death. I'm talking about that clock again has started just as I begin to start my podcast, but I have started it at 11, so it's right on the hour. Um, so 10 things I would do. Now, none of these things are going to blow your mind. None of these things are going to be like, oh my God, wow, never thought of that before. But hopefully it allows you to then avoid the shitty advice that you get all over the internet. Hopefully it helps you avoid the confusion um, that there can be with dieting and training and what should I do? What's the best training split? What's the best diet? What are the best foods to eat? What are the best supplements? Like all these questions can cause a lot of confusion and they can essentially mean that you try to do about 300 different things at once. You get overwhelmed, you get bored, you get tired, you get fatigued um, and you hate you hate your fitness journey and you, you stop after two weeks. So I'm basically here to give you a beginner's guide on how to get results pretty fast. Like literally you could need nothing else than what I'm about to tell you right now. Um, over the next half an hour, hopefully no longer than that. Um, I've timed it for half an hour, but sometimes it goes shorter, sometimes it goes longer, mostly longer. So first thing is training. Number one, training is the confusing thing. It's like, do I do strength? Do I do cardio? Do I do a mixture of both? <clears throat> do I do push-pull legs? Do I do upper-lower? Do I do chest and tries? Do I do back and buys? And the answer is, yeah, it depends. That's, that is the, the, the kind of basic answer. But if I was going in and keeping it really simple, I would do three sessions to start off with. Yes, you can progress on this. Yes, it's very much dependent on how much time that person has in the week. But as a rule of thumb, three 45-minute to an hour strength sessions are going to be ideal for the beginner to get some really good results in terms of your strength, in terms of building muscle, and in terms of, I suppose we can talk about fat loss, but more so kind of talking about that when we get to the nutritional side of things. Ideally, for me, I would probably be looking at doing three full body sessions. So you would maybe do a session which had an emphasis on upper body, lower body push. So that's things like squats, squats, bench press, shoulder press, leg extensions, generally focusing on the pushing aspect of training um, in the gym. Um, I would probably start with a little two to five minute warm up, possibly on a cardio machine. I would then go and do a main compound movement, be that your squat, your bench. I would do an upper movement. Then I would do a lower movement, two main compounds. So that could be a leg press and a dumbbell bench press. I would then move on to two, maybe three supersets of upper, lower, upper, lower, upper, lower, just to main, just essentially use the most out of your time. I'm not going to go into the depths of how I would program that workout. I actually have another podcast which explains that, and I can reference you that in the in the description of this podcast. I will do that so that you can basically see if you want to go a little bit of a deeper dive into that, how to shape up a program. 
Um, the second session would probably be the same idea, but it would be a pull session, upper lower pull. So it's kind of like a full body pull. And then the third session, I would do a full body, just everything across the board. Maybe add a little bit of cardio and maybe add in a little bit of core work, a little bit of ab work. And that would be sufficient for me in terms of training over a week to start off with. But the, it's where people go wrong is they want to then go and do five, six days a week. And they essentially like burn out and overwhelm themselves. Like that's like me. Say, for example, I've never cycled, well, to be fair, but in the summer, I hadn't cycled in years. And that's like me going, right, okay, I'm going to do 60Ks tomorrow on the bike. Would I be able to go 60K? Yeah, maybe, but my legs would be absolutely wrecked. I'd be absolutely knackered and I'd be fatigued for days. So when we do training in the gym, why do we not look at it that same way? We then go and go, okay, I've went from going no times to the gym to five or six times in the gym absolutely knacker your body it doesn't get a chance to recover and you forget that when you tire yourself out in the gym you're not just tiring yourself out physically you're tiring yourself out mentally as well like it it does um cause some stress on the body not just physical like mental stress on the body by training in the gym although net it's usually positive like it can be negative if you cause too much and you could go into what you would call like overtraining syndrome if you do it too often inevitably what's going to happen is you're going to get sore and then you're going to upset your routine because you're not going to be able to train that next Monday and then you're going to miss a session and then you miss the next session and then the momentum's just gone. So why can't we reduce those expectations just a little bit to start off with and start with three or four sessions? And do you need to be in the gym over an hour? In my opinion, no, you don't. Like if you're doing strength training for over two hours, you are not doing strength training. The quality of your training is not good enough if you're having to be in the gym two, two and a half, three hours. There's a couple of people I see in the gym that are in there fucking three hours doing strength training. The quality of your work falls off a cliff after about an hour 15. Um, and I would just say you're not training hard enough if you feel the need to be in there for two hours. And realistically, you can be in and you can be out and you can be getting on with the rest of your day or the rest of your night. <laughs> If you train effectively over an hour, maybe just over an hour, I'm not saying you can't train for an hour and a half, but you need to be quite a well-trained individual to be making the most out of that. Um, so yeah, that would be my opinion on that. Number two is daily movement. So again, we're going over the absolute basics just now. Daily movement, I'm referring to steps. I'm referring to um, just generally the way that you go about your day, like how how much do you sit, how much do you stand? And I've got a couple of recommendations to this. Now, obviously, we've all heard of step goals. We've all heard of the old 10,000 step thing. And that's fine. We've got to obviously understand that um, if we're going from doing 2,000 steps to 10,000 steps, how much different does your day need to look for that to happen? If you're sat at an office desk all day long and you only get 2,000 steps every single day... <laughs> Yes, there's a massive scope to improve steps there and to improve daily movement. But also, if you go from 2,000 to 10,000 and try to hit that every single day, it's probably going to be pretty overwhelming. You're probably going to have to flip your routine on its head to make that happen. But obviously, some of the recommendation would be to try and get it in a little bit easier, would be to go for a walk at lunch, go for a walk in the morning, would be to see about getting maybe like a stand-up desk. I have got a stand-up desk right now in my office. I've not sat down at my desk for a long time. Um, if I want to sit down, I'll go through to the living room and sit down. Um, it's been a game changer for my general energy. Um, and as we know, as we're standing up, we expend more energy than we do sitting down. The exact calculation to that, I'm actually not sure of. 
but I know for a fact you will expend more energy standing up. And also, like, I move about when I'm standing up. Like, I'm moving side to side just now. Like, when I'm doing my office work, I kind of just, like, we do a little dance every now and again. Like, not anything um, not anything choreographed, but I will move about. Um, but if you're sat down, you're sat down, you're sat down. Like, you're not moving at all. You're, maybe your fingers are moving, but that's about it. And it does wonder for your posture as well. Like, I would honestly recommend, see, if you work from home, investing in a stand-up desk is going to be one of the best things that you've ever done for your energy on a daily basis and for your posture so that you're not just like completely lent over and leaning in all these sore positions. That is something I would recommend. Um, and that's one of the things I would do, especially if I worked at an office desk. So in terms of movement, can you take it up from where it is right now to an extra 2000? Once you adapt to that, can you then take it up another 2000? If we are beginning to scrape 20,000 steps, 25,000 steps, then I would tell you to calm down. You don't need to do that many. In terms of daily energy expenditure it kind of works like this if we're looking at the chunks imagine a little graph right now a little bar a little bar graph and it's cut into sections so you've got seven, 60 to 70 percent is going to be your bmr so that's your basal metabolic rate so though that i'm essentially talking about the amount of calories that you burn in a day so 60 to 70 percent of the calories that you burn in a day is you don't need to do anything to burn those calories you literally can sit in your bed all day and you will still burn those calories then we think about the next biggest chunk, it's NEAT. So NEAT is what I kind of refer to as like daily movement. It's um, <coughs> non-exercise activity thermogenesis. I had a pause there for because I for, for actually forgot what it stood for for a second there. So it's non-exercise activity thermogenesis. So it's not the gym, it's not your run, it's not your cycle, it's not your planned exercise. It's all the movement that you do during the day, like, moving of your arms, the walking from your car to your work, it's doing the shopping, it's doing the cleaning, it's non-planned exercise. That takes up the next biggest chunk, which takes up around about 20%. Um, so obviously that's one that we can factor in, we can change. We can't change our BMR right now. Tomorrow you can't change your BMR, but you can change your need. So that's the one that we want to affect, our daily movement, how much we do. Are we just lazy and we sit down all day? Like, do we work at home all day and then sit down on the sofa and do nothing after? You're not going to be able to affect the equation of fat loss if you're not moving within that neat. Because as I said, you can't affect your BMR right now. What you can affect is your neat. That's 20% of the calories that you burn during a day. And that can be the difference between a calorie deficit and not a calorie deficit. The other kind of sections of the of the graph are kind of just account for around about 5 to 10%. So that's your... Your eat, which is your, um, is essentially like what you actually eat. So in terms of the foods that we eat, it, it makes a difference as to we eat protein, carbs, or fats, the way that we, um, it's called like uh, thermodynamics. So essentially like what you eat has a factor in how many calories you burn. So if you eat a high protein um, meal, then you're going to burn fractionally, very fractionally more calories by eating that particular meal. If you eat fats and carbs, the thermic effect of food is not quite the same as with protein. So a high protein diet will help you affect that little 5%. But I do understand that there's a recent study come out to say that that effect is not as strong as, as it was previously thought. So we're maybe talking very small percentages there, but it will in theory make a difference. And also you need to consider that higher protein diet will keep you fuller for longer. So it's going to have a, a positive effect anyway. And then your last 5% is your exercise activity thermogenesis. So this is where people get confused because they think 
exercise, gym work, runs are going to be the main thing and the main factor in me burning calories. So if you sit on your ass all day long and then go to the gym and do a 45 minute training session, um, and but you've done 1000 steps, majority of the time, you're still not going to be able to affect fat loss very well. Um, hence why people will use the quote like exercise doesn't really affect fat loss. It obviously does in loads of other different nuanced ways. Um, and obviously like being active for one hour of the day, even if it is the only thing that you do is better than nothing. However, um, it does not have as much of a, a big effect as you may think. Daily movement is going to be much more important. So long story short, affect your daily movement by increasing your steps around about 2,000 steps from more than when you are right now. Um, if you want to hit that nice 10,000 steps number, then brilliant, go for that. Um, but it is just like a round number. We could hit 983, uh, 9,883 9, if we wanted to, and we'd probably still get the same effect. Like we just get obsessed with this round number and that's fine. The next thing is I would reduce stimulants and I would reduce my screen time. Um, I don't know how accurate this statistic is, but it basically says like the human, a human on average in the UK essentially takes in 13 hours a day of screen time. That's your phone, that's your laptops, that's your TVs, that's your just anything that has a screen. We're taking in 13 hours a day. Like to me, that quote seemed a little bit off. I'm not sure. It was a reputable source that I took it from. I could understand why that might be the case, especially if, like for the majority of us, we do work with some sort of computer. Um, nowadays, you'd be very hard to find someone that isn't sat at a desk at some or at some point of the day or doesn't use a screen at some point. And um, obviously, like maybe like manual labouring jobs might be the only kind of. Um, a difference there um, and if we count that up if we calculate that's 198 days a year if that's 13 hours a day that's 198 days a year of screen time and stimulation now let's go back thousands and thousands and thousands of years like think about we weren't getting that stimulation like the world was different um so nowadays we take up a lot of our time, a lot of our energy, a lot of our mental capacity looking at screens. And when I talk about stimulants as well, like I'm talking about caffeine as well. I'm talking about coffee. I'm not just talking about like the stimulation of um, of screens and the stimulation of like Netflix and TikTok and stuff like that. But one thing I would do if I was looking to affect my fitness journey tomorrow is I would reduce screen time for a couple of reasons. I would reduce, reduce screen time on my phone because... We're on our phones long enough. We're distracted by this. Do you really need to be on TikTok? No, you don't. Um, do you really need to watch that extra hour of Netflix? No, you don't. And the argument is, if you're spending four or five hours on your phone every single day and you go on there and it's like Instagram one hour, TikTok one hour, and then you watch three episodes of Netflix at night and that's another three hours, that's probably about five or six hours you could have got back. And a lot of us, I think this this kind of point that basically pulls everyone's pants down every single time I say it. And it also does it the same to me because I, I know I can be better with this as well. I'm not speaking from a high horse here. Um, you've got time in the day to do whatever you want. Like I found this out when I started training for a triathlon. Obviously there's the bike, there's swimming and there's running. And I was like, oh God. And I was training in the gym five times a week as well. I'm like, God, Ryan, you're going to have time to do this alongside running a business. And then I looked at my screen time. And I was like, yes, you fucking are. It was like, it's priorities. It's not anything to do with 
not having the time. It is all to do with your priorities and your organization and your time allocation. Did I have time to do all of those things? Yeah, I did, and I managed to do it. And I felt like I actually had more time because I wasn't using my phone as much. My screen time plummeted because I had so much training to do. And I'm like, well, Ryan, what was a better use of your time? Was it using your phone for an extra two hours a day? Was it watching an extra episode of Netflix? Or was it actually going out on your bike and swimming and running and doing things that you actually enjoyed? And the answer was totally obvious. So right now, challenge yourself. I don't have enough time to do this. Yes, you do. Every single person does. And if you're someone that's sitting here with one hour of screen time every single day, then I salute you because I've never met them. It's it's ridiculous. It's so hard to keep your screen time down. And that's coming from me as well. Like I probably, again, could use the excuse I use it for work, but a lot of it is not work as well. So the next thing is talking about nutrition and talking about food intake. So if I was starting my fitness journey tomorrow, there is not a particular food calorie intake approach that I would necessarily take straight from the off. I would look to refine and find what worked for me. But to start off, I would keep it really, really fucking basic. I would take a food log of the past seven days um, possibly not trying to remember the past seven days. I would start taking a food log of today, the next day, the next day, the next day, and try to do that for seven days, one day of the weekend as well, just to gain a little bit of understanding about what I'm eating, which basically like just, yeah, just bring awareness to like what I'm eating, when I'm eating. And like, again, don't get me wrong, like my fitness pal is not something I want everyone to be using forevermore, but you could use that as a tool as well. Track your calories, weigh a few things, um, understand how much you're actually eating portion-wise. Now, uh, calorie tracking is taking a bad rap lately, and it's I'm kind of drifting away from it myself, not as a tool altogether, but just generally as like a personal choice. I have hopefully developed my um, my degree in eating food um, over the past few years, and I kind of understand what to eat, when to eat it, how much to eat, um, and my daily kind of food intake is pretty similar. If I want to make an adjustment to my body, aka cut some body fat, aka build some muscle, or it's like a performance goal, I will introduce it again. But at this time, um, I'm not using it. But I'll tell you when it is really good is like when you're first starting your fitness journey and you've got zero understanding of nutrition, zero understanding of protein intake, zero understanding of how much you're actually consuming on a daily basis. So the reason that this is useful because you audit your food, you find out where you're possibly taking the piss and you also find out where you're maybe like not eating enough. Um, and you also find out if you're actually eating enough protein to be able to recover from the training sessions that you're doing, especially if you're a performance-based athlete. Like if you're a runner or you're a footballer or you play any sort of sport or you're taking the gym a little bit more seriously, protein intake is going to be vital. And if you're eating 50 grams of protein a day as a fully grown male, you've got to change that and you've got to make sure that you're eating a little bit more than that. Let's say even arguably more than just a little bit more. Um, the next thing I would think about also in regards to food would be like, if you're not eating much colors in your diet, no fruit, no veg, um, you're generally just eating a beige diet, that's the next thing, like introduce some fruit and veg. Um, rule of thumb would be to try and get 10 different colors of foods um, in your diet in a day. So if you look at your plate for breakfast and it's just like a beige bowl of cornflakes, meh, I think you should probably look to do something a bit different there. If you look at your lunch and it's just like chips, pie, and beans you've got two different colors there you've got beige and orange and um, get some salad on there get some veg on there just get a mixture of foods your gut and your digestion and your microbiome within your stomach 
um, within generally your intestine, loves diversity. Um, and if you get a diverse sort of diet going into your stomach alongside higher protein, um, your energy is going to be so much more improved. Like people forget that their gut actually is almost like a second brain and it is very much responsible for the messages sent to your brain on how am I feeling? How tired am I feeling? Your hunger hormones, all these things are very much related to how well you treat your stomach. Your stomach is constantly upset and it's constantly trying to plow through the same foods over and over again. It's almost like a, it's just it's quite boring in there. Like your gut is not healthy. There's not like a party of loads of different things going on in there. And um, it's pretty. And then what you do find is that if you eat like a really standard food intake and it's really beige and really boring, and then you go and eat something a little bit differently on holiday and your stomach goes, what the fuck is that? Like I feel horrendous. It's because there's not enough diversity and it doesn't really know what's going in there. So that's the fourth thing. The fifth thing is plan your week, lock in your time, make it simple, stupid. Um, make your routine so, so simple that it actually hurts. Um, again, your, your brain it doesn't like, it likes things to be pretty plain and black and white. Like see if you give yourself too many decisions to be made. So say for example, you wake up on Monday and you're like, I might go to the gym today or I might go tomorrow. Or, okay, I'm going to maybe go for a run on Wednesday or I maybe go football training on Thursday. I'm just, I'm not sure how it's going to go yet, but we'll see what happens. Your brain, the irrational side of your brain, the brain, the side of your brain that's a little bit lazy, a little bit tired, it wants comfort, it wants warmth, it doesn't want to do anything difficult. It's just going to go, fuck it, we'll go tomorrow. Fuck it, we'll go another day. We'll go later. We'll go when it's warmer. We'll go when it's brighter. I can't be arsed tonight for a hard day at work that's not good enough. You need to make the decision before that irrational side of your brain starts making decisions for you. So plan it. And when you're planning, make it visible. Like make it like, where is it? Where can I see it? Have I got a diary? Do I have a whiteboard? Do I have it on my phone? Have your times locked in to do your training sessions. Like I'm going on Monday at 6am, no fucking questions asked. And then you can possibly have an if, if then kind of um, backup plan. Right, okay, I'm going to go on Monday at 6am, but... If all goes to shit, I'm definitely going at this time. Lock it in in your brain, just the same as you would lock in an appointment at work. Um, because I'd argue that it's just as important as an appointment at work. When you give yourself too many decisions to be made, your brain always opts for the really easy one. It always opts for the really easy one. Even me. Like if I say to myself, going to sleep on a Sunday night, right? I'll maybe go to the gym tomorrow. I'll maybe go to the gym. I don't know. Or I could go later on. Uh, and I don't really make a decision, guess which one wins every single time, the later one. But if I set my clothes out the night before, if I set my shoes out, if I make myself breakfast in advance, if I get my water bottle ready, just all those like things, reducing friction from me waking up to going to the gym, then it gets done. So plan, make it obvious, um, lock in the time like an appointment that's the main thing that i would do and for me like i'm looking at my whiteboard right now if i look across here and um, it's got the week locked in in terms of like what i'm doing for work so it's got my appointments in my calendar it's got my gym sessions in my calendar it's got any other external things that i need to do and i look at it and i'm like right okay that's what's happening that is just what's happening this week there's no questions to be asked number six support from a friend support from a group, support from a coach, gaining some sort of accountability. Why does this work? Well, it's quite obvious. When you can't be asked and your friend can, can be asked, he drags you along, she drags you along. Um, 
when you go together as a team and when you've got this common goal, there's a little bit more of a, a motivation to make it happen. You see person A, B, C, and D absolutely killing it, then you're more inclined to want to go and kill it as well. That's why I run like the 9 to 5 athlete as a group, as a community, where people know each other within that because they've got common goals. And I like have clients right now that like literally will message each other and they'll do trading sessions together and they'll kind of like egg each other on to actually get things done. I fucking love that. Like I absolutely love that because it's almost like a, I've got like a little extra person doing my job for me as well. And there's a reason that works as I've just explained. Like if someone else is doing something to a high standard, you're more inclined to want to follow. Um, and obviously the accountability, it's just like the accountability is just like one of, it is essentially the most important thing when it comes to following through with your goals. Don't get me wrong. There has to be an ability to get things done even when you don't want to get them done. I cannot come and drag you out of your bed in the morning. Like you have to be able to do that yourself. And actually being able to do things without any sort of motivation or without any sort of person telling you to get it done, then like you'll never get it done because you've got to want to do it from your own, um, by your own, I don't know what the word I was looking for here for. You, you basically want to make sure you can do it yourself, but having that accountability is going to be massively important as well. Um, and without that second, that second voice in your head, you know, sometimes when you wake up or you are sitting in the car away to go to the gym, how easy is it sometimes to talk yourself out of it? But imagine as you begin to talk yourself out of it, you just get that almost that little extra voice in your head. Yeah, but my mate's going. Yeah, but my coach is waiting to see this this workout go in. Yeah, but I don't want to let this person down. Yeah, but it's I've got to get this done. And then eventually the decision is so much easier to be made. Some people thrive off of accountability. Some people hide and curl up into a little ball because they don't like to have the pressure. But those people will never achieve the results that they really want to achieve unless they begin to take responsibility for their own results and take responsibility for not letting people down and doing exactly what they said they would do. If you want to do something, I'm going to help you make it happen. If you want to do something, have fucking pride in yourself to then go and make it happen um, with support or without support. Number seven is I would begin to think not about next month, but I would try and adopt this long-term vision about what it was I wanted to achieve. Um, I think it's important to, yeah, have short-term goals. What do I want to achieve right now? And understanding that the initial goal might be some fat loss. The initial goal might be to just actually start training consistently. But I want you to actually think about what could this mean for your life? If there is a healthier, fitter, happier, more mentally clear um friendlier kind of version of you a less stressed out version of you operating on a daily basis what could that mean for you like in everything that you do in your sport in your job in your relationships finding a mate i say that like you're some sort of fucking giraffe on the african plane you're a person finding a girlfriend or a boyfriend or something like that and i'm always uh, aware of saying these like um, gender specific things now because you never know who's listening. Um, apologies if anyone is listening that isn't. Um, um, what's the word? Now? Let's just shut up well in my head, Ryan. Um, yeah, you've got to think further in advance. Like, what could this mean for your life? Well, what could this mean for your job, for your career, for your sport, for just any sort of endeavor that you want to take on? Would you rather operate for the next five years with a stressed out, emotional, um, 
unwell, unhealthy, lack of confidence version of yourself? Would you rather be that person for the next five years? Let's see what your outcomes are by the time we get into year 2030. What about we stick that version of you in, which is a healthy, happy, mentally clear version of you? Where do they get in 10 years? Like if you can jump on a time machine and look to the future and you look to those two versions of you, which one would you rather be? Which one would you rather see in five years? So if you are in this position right now where you're only thinking month by month and you fucking sack it off after a couple of weeks and you're like, ah, fuck it, I'll go back to doing my my shitty little routine that I always do. Apologies, I'm maybe getting a little bit animated here. You go back to that routine that you've always done and it doesn't make you happy, but you just do it because it's what you know. You just do it because it's it's just like, oh, it's comfortable. Um, oh, I'm okay. Like, um, but you're up and down like a fucking yo-yo. Um, imagine seeing both of those versions of yourself. Imagine you're, let's use for example, I'm 25 right now. Um, if I go fucking right off the rails today and start doing what I was doing two years ago, the version of me when I was 30 will still be in the exact same position as he was years ago. He will not be happy. He'll be doing stupid things. He'll be unhealthy. He will have a terrible relationship with himself and with everyone else around about him. Or would you rather be that version of yourself in five years that you've always wanted to be? That is the main fucking question I want you to take out of this podcast today. Um, who do you want to be in five years? Is it person A or person B? Because you've got a choice right now. You can continue on doing the same things and be person B, or you can, can change your life right now and be person A. Um, I wish I could uh, timestamp that one because I got a bit angry. I'm not angry, it's not the word. I just got a bit animated because I'm passionate about that. Like I'm passionate about people taking the opportunity right now to change their life. Not in a month, not in three months, not next year. If you're listening to this right now and you're oohing and ahhing about making some sort of change, fucking start now because you can change the trajectory of your life completely. Um, the next one's a little bit more like PG. Water intake. Improve your water intake. Most people on average are only taking in 1.2 litres a day in the UK. The recommended amount is more something like three litres. I know that seems like a lot and you're going to be pissing like a racehorse to start off with, but I would argue at least two litres is necessary. And if you're exercising, if you're running, if you're doing any sort of sport, then it's even more necessary. And number nine, I actually said 10 things to do if I was starting my fitness journey tomorrow, but I've actually only got nine. I might add an extra one in if I think of one. So it's like goal setting. Um, how goal setting is a bit of a fad, like specific goals, make them smart. Um, like smart goals is something that I've been over a million times and it has a bit of relevance, but I just think it's a dated kind of version of goal setting. I think it's just something that's in the college textbook and people have kind of just used it for years. I can't even remember what it stands for. I think it's like specific, um, measurable, attainable, um, realistic and time so like you have enough time to actually i think i remembered it right i'll be surprised if i did um but i'm kind of i'm done with that smart goal kind of acronym i think we need to more think about it in the sense of it's got to align with our life it's got to align with where we want to be what again this kind of goes back to number four like what is the outcome that you want to achieve do you want to go professional in football do you want to be in the best shape of your life? Do you want to take on a half marathon? Do you want to be happy? Do you want to find a, a soulmate? Like, what is it that you actually want to achieve and work back? So let's say, for example, let's go a little bit deep with this one. So you have never been confident, never been able to, let's imagine you're a guy around about my age. You've never been able to speak to a girl. You've never had a girlfriend. You really want to 
um, connect with someone on an emotional level and you're lonely um, and you're thinking, right, okay, oh, I've always wanted that. Like, And deep down, you maybe don't verbalize it, but that's what you're thinking. Like you feel a little bit lonely. So you think about starting the gym and there's a kind of deep rooted reason as to why you start in the gym, but you maybe don't realize it. You're like, all right, I want to get, I want to train. So I'm in better shape. So I'm more confident. So I've got more energy. So I'm generally just feel quite good about myself. Therefore I can then go and try and meet this person. So what we do is we, we don't start in reverse. Usually we start with the initial goal and get kind of confused as to where we're going. So we start with the goal. All right. I want to get in shape. I want to get bigger. I want to get stronger, but we don't, verbalize that's why we want that goal and that's cool that's pretty um that's a, that's a strange thing to actually like not a strange thing but it's a hard thing to uh to verbalize and to actually tell someone or to actually like write down okay like i'm going to the gym this week because i want to miss this like that's quite a hard one to actually write down but if we think a little bit deeper it's going to be a massive motivator and a massive goal setting it's like almost like the the silent goal like the goal that we don't talk about we don't write on the whiteboard why do we want this? Now, if we're training in the gym, if we start, we begin to think, right, okay, I can get more confident in the gym. I can be more confident in myself. And then I can push myself out of my comfort zone a little bit more. And then therefore, it's going to be easier for me to maybe go on a date or something like that. I'm going to feel more confident to do something like that. Yes, that is a multifaceted um, thing to improve confidence. Does this doesn't just improve from being in the gym. But think about that in loads of different contexts. I want to be a professional footballer, work back. It's not just about like, okay, I've set a goal and I kind of want to, I want to be able to run a little bit faster. Like that goal perhaps is not going to get you up in the morning. Or for example, your goal may be, um, I want to do, a, I want to do a half Ironman. Um, that goal may be a little bit bigger and it may actually get you up in the morning. So it's, it's important to just, like, we want to think about goals in the short term month by month, week by week. But we also want to think way in advance, like five years in advance, and then just break it down, work back. I want you to think about your biggest, most almighty goal that you want to achieve in five years' time, in three years' time, and I want you to work back in small little sections. How am I going to get there? And you can use this in relation to not just fitness, but like business, um, like your job, your career, um, like for your family and stuff like that. You can think about it in any way, shape or form. And the last thing, number 10, let's try and think of a number 10. What's the last thing that I would do if I was starting my fitness journey tomorrow? I would I would realize that it's probably not going to be easy. I'm probably going to need to drag my arse up a lot of times when I don't want to. I'm probably going to have to, I'm going to just have to stick to those things that I said I needed to do. You know, the things I talked about near the start, the three sessions a week, the daily movement, reducing, reducing stimulants and screen time, auditing my food take, food intake, planning my week, um, staying in touch with that friend, that group, that coach, keeping that accountability, um, constantly thinking about further down the line, that water intake, simple things like that, um, and revisiting my goals. I would constantly remember there's going to be days where I cannot be fucked doing those things. Like, I don't want to do those things today. Like, I can't be arsed. But it doesn't matter. Like, the people that achieve the best results in anything in life are the people that can show up on a daily basis every single day, regardless of how they're feeling. Like, I'm not talking about going to the gym and smashing yourself when you're ill or when you fucking feel totally run down. I'm talking about waking up, motivation not being there, and you dragging your arse to the gym. 
and just realizing that it's a thing that I've said a million times now, and I believe it more than anything, that momentum is the most important thing in any sort of fitness goal that you want to achieve. Momentum is the thing that will take you forward. Motivation isn't there on Monday. You don't go to the gym. Momentum is gone. Tuesday gets harder. Wednesday gets harder. Thursday gets harder. Next thing you know, you've not went to the gym until Friday. And then the weekend comes and you do the same again on Monday. Your fitness journey is over. Momentum is about turning up on that Monday when you cannot be arsed. Okay? Done the Monday. That's the hardest day of the week. Guess what? Tuesday gets easier. Momentum. Wednesday's easy. Thursday's easy. Friday's easy. You have the weekend. Okay, remember what last week felt like. Let's go again on Monday. And resilience and the ability to operate without motivation is something that must be worked on. The more times that you lose confidence in yourself by going, I'm just going to stay in bed on Monday morning and not do that gym session. The more times you do that, the more times you reinforce you are a person that gives up when you don't feel motivated. But if you flip that on its head, the more times you're able to get up when you're not motivated, you begin to then adopt the identity of someone that goes, you know what? I feel like shit. I can't be arsed. I'm tired, but fuck it. I still go like you, you almost end up doing that just the same as you would brush your teeth. Like how many times you, you maybe wake up in the morning and like you go just go and brush your teeth automatically. Don't you? You don't even think about it. Like you brush your teeth, you have a glass of water, you have your breakfast. Like, how, wait, how did that become automatic? You know why? Because you just kept doing it. You did it as a youngster. Remember your mom had to tell you, Go and brush your teeth. Go and brush your teeth before you go to work, uh, before you go to school. Go and brush your teeth. Make sure you have your breakfast. Make sure you have a shower. And you just ended up doing that and it become autonomous. So going to the gym when it gets hard can become autonomous as well. You need to begin to drag yourself to do it and remind yourself to do it on a daily basis. Do shit things. And I actually listened to a podcast with David Goggins earlier. I'm unsure on David Goggins at times because he's, he just rattles off some shit sometimes. I'm like, what does that even mean, David? Like that is not applicable to anyone, but I, I kind of begin to realize that he's not trying to be applicable to everyone. He's trying to raise standards of people around them. And I, I kind of get that. And basically what he said was, in life, there are going to be unchosen hard times. There are going to be times where things are really shit and you didn't choose them to be shit. They just ended up being shit. There's going to be illness. There's going to be tiredness. There's going to be fatigue. There's going to be stressful weeks at work. There's going to be shit things that go on in the world. There was COVID. There was there's probably fucking going to be a bubonic plague again. Who, who knows? We just don't know. Anything can fucking happen in this world. So there's going to be, in the next 30 years of your life, there's going to be some unchosen hardship. There's going to be things that are going to happen they are going to be pretty shitty. So why don't we choose to do some hard things anyway? Like if we know there's going to be hard times coming, we best be prepared for them by choosing to do some hard things when we don't want to. And this is going to be one of the main things that's going to help you build mental resilience Choose to do hard things when you don't want to do hard things. Choose to do that run when you can't be arsed. Choose to go to the gym when you can't be hooped. Choose to just generally do something really difficult on a daily basis. Do something that you don't want to do. Cold shower, getting up early on the first alarm, going to the gym, going for a walk in the cold, um, doing some stretching, doing some hit training, whatever that is, reading a book. Um, do something that you don't want to do actually put yourself into a chosen hardship. Again, we could just be literally going as simple as a hard set of squats in the gym. The more times you choose to do hard things, the more prepared you are for when the hard times come. Um, and I think that was a class quote by David Goggins, as much as I, as much as I sometimes take his stuff with a pinch of salt, I absolutely love that. Um, and he actually just released one of his only, he only 
appeared on like two podcasts in like eight years or something like that. He was on Rogan's and he was on Chris Williams. Uh, Chris, is it Chris Williamson? Chris Williamson or Chris Wilson? Chris Williamson. Um, Modern Wisdom. Modern Wisdom. Um, and he just released that just the other day. And it's a class podcast if you want to get a rock up the arse. Um, so, yeah, hopefully that helped. I know I kind of went off on a tangent there and got a little bit kind of heated with my motivational speech. But hopefully that gave you 10 steps to take um, to start your fitness journey. And if you're still confused about starting your fitness journey and you don't really know where to go with it um, and you want a little bit of help, message me. Like, I'm not taking any money off you at this point. I just want you to message me and just explain where you're at. And I would be more than delighted to give you some free advice to get your fitness journey started. Um, so, yeah, message me on Instagram if you want to. Um, or you can go onto my Beacons page, which there's a link on my Instagram page, and we can basically connect through a Zoom call or just generally through anything. I'm open for a conversation with anyone at any point. So hope everyone is good. Enjoy the rest of your day and I'll catch up with you soon.